we have faith to make merit, practicing dana, giving, and keeping sila, moral conduct. And this is no small thing. It is the path for us to become liberated from suffering, because we will have a chance to learn Dhamma and to listen to Dhamma. We learn about the fundamentals of Dhamma and its practice. This is for the purpose of peacefulness of the mind. It is for clear knowing and seeing in line with the truth of the Dhamma that should be known and seen. And the higher Dhamma is the mind of ours that is a Kalyana Chana, a person who has a mind that is beautiful. Kalyana translates as beautiful, virtuous. And the Sawaka Sangha, the noble disciples of the Buddha, have minds that are beautiful. They who have practiced well, practiced directly, practiced for the liberation of suffering, practiced appropriately. And these Sawaka Sangha are not those Sangha who wear the ochre robes, but it is about the mind. In the time of the Buddha, there were the lay people who had not been ordained, but were venerable Sangha. They had beautiful minds. There was Lady Wisaka and her followers, Lady Samawadi and her 500 followers, who were Sodopana, stream-enterers. And there was also the retinue of King Bimbisara. They understood the fundamentals of the Dhamma, of the first aspect, simply that what they saw as a self, there was knowing that it isn't a self. Wisdom arose. This wisdom is a power. It is the leader. It is the chief seeing clearly into rupa, materiality, nama, mentality, as being impermanent, unsatisfactory, and not self. Like Digger Naka Brahman, the long-nailed Brahman, who was the nephew of Venerable Sariputta, the chief right-hand disciple of the Buddha, who possessed great wisdom, Venerable Sariputta attained to arahantship slower than Venerable Mahamogalana, who had firm samadhi and developed vipassana insight for seven days and attained to becoming an arahant. But the Venerable Elder Sariputta had to take fifteen days, because his wisdom was masterful, being the Dhamma general of the Sama Sambuddha, the perfectly awakened Buddha. So he contemplated very deeply with wisdom, and he listened to the same Dhamma teaching that the Buddha gave to Diganaka Brahman, the long-nailed Brahman. This Brahman had faith going up to Vulture's Peak to find a place where no one had died before. He had to die in a pure place. So he was just looking for purity. But the Buddha said that he had died here many times already. So he was taken aback that there was no place where he had not died, that there were only places where one had died, being born and dying so many times. So he was weary and dispassioned by this. His mind gathered into samadhi, concentration. When he listened to the Dhamma, his faith had arose already, 
and with this faith leading him, his samadhi was more firm, and more so when he contemplated into the truth that the Buddha taught, that you have the view that whatever is happiness you want, and whatever is suffering you don't want that. This is the view of yours, Brahman. So the Buddha refuted his question through the Buddha's wisdom that we have aging, sickness and death, and no one wants that. Do you want that? Whatever you don't want and you get it, that will be suffering arising straight away. The Brahman contemplated it. Here it was wisdom that was arising from contemplation, following the Dhamma that the Buddha taught. And when he contemplated it, he saw the Dhamma. He saw the Dhamma accordingly. And Venerable Sariputta contemplated and attained to becoming an Arahant. Here he had great intelligence. And I want to share with you a bit of my stupidity. When I was close to Venerable Ajahn Chah, who was a great wise individual, who was rare to find in this world, a disciple of Venerable Ajahn Man, Venerable Ajahn Tongrat, and Venerable Ajahn Ginari. And I had a Dhamma problem and wanted to ask Ajahn Chah. But really, it was my defilements that wanted to ask him, for him to give me an answer. And my wisdom wasn't even a tiny bit compared to Venerable Sariputta. It was like a speck of dust in the great universe. So instead of sitting and listening to the Dhamma that he was speaking and understanding and contemplating in line with it and then seeing the Dhamma on a higher level, instead I wanted to ask Ajahn Chah something. And he actually had already answered it. He had said, It's a defilements that want to ask. They go and doubt. Now, I feel that Ajahn Chah probably thought back then, why is my disciple so stupid? He's not smart at all. He is with a teacher that is this smart, and his teacher has already answered the question, but he still wants to ask on it, so that he can be sure about it. So this is doubt. This is a mental state of unskillfulness. It obstructs. Venerable Ajahn Chah probably didn't say anything because he knew that if you have just a little barami, spiritual development, it's like this. But thinking back to that time that I should have sat, listened, and just contemplated following all of Venerable Ajahn Chah's Dhamma. But now he's passed away. There is no more communication with his four elements of the rupa form. But however it is, we can still listen to his Dhamma that is still here. His teachings are still here. It wasn't that he had established teachings by himself and taught it uniquely himself. He practiced following the teachings of the Sama Sambuddha until he attained following it. So, according to conventions, it's the teachings of the great teacher, but on the deeper level, it is the Dhamma teachings of the Sama Sambuddha, which is one and the same. It is the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. Whoever attains to the Dhamma, sees the Dhamma, they see the Buddha. 
they attain to Dhamma. They attain to becoming Buddha in the heart. That is purity. Digger Naka Brahman listened to the Dhamma, and so he saw the Dhamma with wisdom. So listening to the Dhamma well gives rise to wisdom in that Dhamma. It has great benefit. It makes the mind bright and radiant, joyful, and understanding the Dhamma deeply. And in the Dhamma one already understands, one knows it more deeply. If one doesn't understand, then one can be free of doubts, and one can see and attain to the Dhamma. So listening to the Dhamma is part of the practice of Dhamma practitioners and meditators for those developing samadhi. It will promote better mindfulness, firmer samadhi, and brighter wisdom. So this requires listening to the Dhamma. In the beginning, we may not understand this, but we will when the mind becomes more peaceful and we have rapture, happiness, and fullness of heart. There is calm in the heart. The quality of mindfulness is continuous, samadhi is firm, and wisdom arises through having sila and dana as a foundation. The Buddhists in Thailand and outside of it all have faith. In Thailand, Sri Lanka, Burma, Buddhists in India, Buddhists in Europe, America, China, Bhutan, Tibet, they all have faith. All the Westerners doing dana, who may see the monks going on arms round and see that the monks need food because they are standing outside the supermarket, so they go buy food to give alms. Even though they're not Buddhists, they have giving and charity. They see it as something good, that they are sharing to those who have little or don't have. Or seeing monks, they make merit and give. But higher than this are those who have sila, who are fewer. But those who have built barami can keep sila easily. They do work easily. They develop their minds and train in meditation and samadhi and train in developing their meditation object, which is even harder. This is coming from an ordinary being to becoming a good and virtuous being and going towards becoming a noble being, which takes some time as the samadhi has to be more firm. They need to have more wisdom than normal. But those who have built their spiritual qualities before, who have listened to Dhamma and have contemplated it, can do it. Like Diganaka Brahman, like Lady Wisaka, who at seven years old attained to Sodapana, and the wealthy merchant Anatta Pindika and his followers and relatives who attained to becoming noble beings. This was because they had built their spiritual qualities before and we also have built it in the past, and we are building it in the present as well. If we do a lot in this present, we try to train the mind to be peaceful, to have samadhi and rapture, fullness and happiness of heart arise, then we will understand the Dhamma more and more. We have to really be careful of our minds. Sometimes we think of moods and experiences of the past. The ones we are pleased with, we can smile at. 
the ones which we are displeased with and make us suffer, we can cry over. And this is occurring in the present moment. So all the moods and experiences of the past that we attach to, we have to be careful and restrained towards. Our mindfulness has to protect against it. We contemplate it. And it's the well-established mind that will be able to contemplate it. We must have trained and instructed ourselves. To make the mind well-established is done through the repetition of the meditation word or through contemplation. This is the method to make the mind peaceful. Then the chaotic thoughts going to the past and future will become less. We will be in the present and will see the Dhamma. Digganaka Brahman was in the present moment when he listened to the Dhamma. He contemplated in the present moment and changed his views from seeing as me and mine to seeing it as being not me, not mine. Because we have to die. When we have to die, we can't control anything in this body. It goes according to causes and conditions of the elements. Just this much and we see the Dhamma. The wisdom arises so apparently. It arises evidently. The wisdom is clear and vivid. It is just changing this view. The lay people that can just change this view become a venerable one. They can become a Sangha. So we can't look down on others. Monks can't look down on the laity just because the lay people are still householders and just keep the five precepts and sometimes the eight precepts. But if the lay people are determined and focused, they can be a noble being on the level of the mind. On the outside is about conventions. The monks are monks on the conventional level and they follow those conventions. And the lay people, even if they are Sotapanas, they still respect the monks because they wear the ochre robes. Even if the lay people have noble attainments, this is just in the mind. The monks can respect and have faith in those noble qualities. Like in the Buddha's time, there were the monks who were still ordinary beings or virtuous beings, but their minds couldn't be on the same level of Lady Visaka or Anattapindika, both on the inside and outside, but they could Anumotana rejoice in that. But one who is a noble being would have even more respect for the Sangha disciples on the conventional level, those who wear the ochre robes, who uphold the banner of the Arahants. So we have faith already, and we should determine to build merit and parami, to be able to change our views. It's the Dhamma that is higher, level by level. These are the qualities of mindfulness, samadhi, wisdom, and ultimately it will progress to being Lokutara Dhamma beyond the world, seeing all things as being conventions, and then the mind's liberation arises. The things that we have seen, that we have had, that have names, we understand them as being really those things. 
I am a woman. I am a man. I am an adult. I am a child. Everyone has his feeling. We compare ourselves with others. There is ego and conceit arising. There is a feeling of inferiority, feeling superior, and this is normal. It is a mind state. So know in time all these mind states and let them go. Sometimes we may have problems and we can't solve anything. So Ajahn Chah taught that the most important thing is letting go of that mood or mind state. If we have a lot of happiness, we say, it's not sure, and let go. If there is lots of suffering, we say, it's not sure, it's not sure, and we let go. If we say, this is me, we say, it's not sure, and then we can let go, and wisdom arises. Wisdom, liberation, freedom from suffering arises. We cross from being a worldly being, a virtuous being, to becoming a noble being. But we need to have sila, samadhi and banya, morality, concentration and wisdom. It is the path for us to walk. So we can see that there's many paths in this world. The world has developed to be quicker and to have more convenience, ease and safety. But the Noble Eightfold Path is the important path that will develop our minds to be higher and purer. It is the only path that the Buddha taught and it's still here in the present day for us to be able to be free from suffering. We have to walk this way, changing from wrong view to right view, to seeing and attaining the Dhamma. May you set your hearts on this. May you grow in blessings.